the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is an encore presentation. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on trying till I reach my highest Life in Colorado. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. This week we're going to be talking about hunger in Denver. One in 11 families are, are dealing with hunger-related issues. Now, I don't like to bring up topics that, that are heartbreaking without some kind of hope. So let's start with a little hint on what the hope is going to be. Richard, have you ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Daddy Bruce Randolph? I've heard of him. Don't know that much about him other than he was sort of a legend in North Denver and helped a lot of people and built a strong community of, you know, people helping one another. And he helped a lot of people personally. A very good man and a legend in Denver. I mean, I learned about him uh, just this week, of course. Bruce Randolph, he was born in the 1900s, uh, well, specifically 1900, in Arkansas, a farming community in Arkansas. Uh, he did it all. He was a bootlegger, a shoe sign man, a janitor, and eventually he drifted to Denver, where he decided to to be an entrepreneur. He borrowed $1,000 from the bank and set up shop in his son's backyard He started a catering business, actually, and he even designed his own fire pits. And eventually he opened up the spot, Daddy Bruce's Barbecue, and that was in 1963. And you're right. Yep. Denver, North Denver. Yep. He chose to to share his blessings and to feed the hungry specifically on Thanksgiving. And it's a tradition that has continued by the Epworth Foundation ever since uh, Daddy Randolph passed. uh, They've kind of been trickling up and trickling up and and they just feed uh, families on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, it's a wonderful ministry, and it's a, sort of a, an institution in the Denver area. But and it's, it fills a real need. You know, we have a sandwich line at, at uh, Holy Ghost Catholic Church, and and that there's there's a lot of people that visit that every day. His uh-huh. good work. Yeah. Continues. We're going to be speaking with Jeff Knost. He's going to talk to us a little bit more about what the foundation is doing this year, how people can sign up, and he's going to give us a little bit of history on Daddy Bruce as well. Great. So we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we'll come right back with Pastor Jeff. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. We are going to actually get the season started. And I know there's a certain time of the year when everybody decides it's time to give. And honestly, 
it's now. <laughs> From now until about the end of the year, donations as far as food, nonprofit, time volunteering, they increase. So let me give you an organization and a direction to focus that energy toward. The name of the organization is called DenverFeedAFamily.org. It's, it's got a rich history that we'll, we'll definitely get into a little bit toward the end. We have Pastor Jeff Canost, or Pastor Jeff. He's going to talk with us about food donation, hunger, n- not in China, not on the other end of the world, but right here where we live with our friends, our family, and our community members. Thank you, Reverend Jeff, for joining us. Oh, and thank you for having me this morning. Thank you, sir. Now, uh, let's talk a, a little bit about your background. Obviously, as a pastor, you've had some, some definite impact on people spiritually, but when did you get into to donating food and, and helping those who are less fortunate? When I came to uh, Epworth in about 2006 as an assistant pastor, uh, there was a the Denver Feeder family was just getting started and was uh, distributing baskets, and we started with about 2,000 baskets and uh, every Thanksgiving, trying to ha- give them a complete dinner, turkey, vegetables, potatoes, cake, all the things you would need to feed a family. Of, we'll say between four and eight, depending if you have hungry teenagers or not. It weighs about 45, about between 40 and 50 pounds. And since then, it's grown every year. We've probably, over the last 14 years, we've estimated, it's hard to keep track of, about 80,000 families, or about fi- about 500,000 people have eaten on Thanksgiving because of the efforts of the Denver Feeda family, which started as a grassroots-type situation, has grown to the community. Now it's called Denver Feeda family because uh, a lot of the city, uh, the people in Denver have embraced what we're doing and want to be a part of it through uh, volunteering and through donations. Okay, now let's get into the organization. Uh, you, you mentioned that it was started uh, way back in... It's been about 14, so it'd be 2000 and, uh, let me do my math, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 2004. 2004. For myself, it's, as far as, I mean, obviously I wasn't raised with a silver spoon. Mm-hmm. And, and we were taught to, to work hard, you know, do what you need to do to take care of yourself, take care of your family. But in the last, I want to say 10 years, I've noticed a shift where we're all still working, we're all doing all that we can, but ends are not meeting for the working class in our community. Folks who are going to work every day, who are contributing to society, are poor. Have, have you noticed that trend where, where individuals who, who should be enjoying the American dream are struggling? Yes, yes. Uh, particularly the elderly, uh, because they're on a fixed income, but the inflation keeps going up, the prices keep going up. Uh, in the we're in the five points uh, Cole Manuel Whittier area, which has always been a challenge. And now through predominantly a minority section of African American and Hispanic and some Caucasian, but through gentrification, the community has changed. The uh, so there's businesses coming in, but everybody seems to be struggling. There are people working every day and we're struggling. We have a food bank that originally had uh, opened two days a week. We had an elderly, a lot of minorities, a lot of single moms. Now it's Everybody from every walk of life, every ethnicity uh, coming in because they're just trying to meet, make ends meet. We go through between 1,000 to 2,000 pounds of food every week. We pick it up fresh, and by Thursday, it's gone. And we clean up, and we start again next, the next week. So and it's hard because sometimes we've had to close down early because we didn't have any food. Olivia, 
from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. And, and what do you need? What can we do to help? Wow. Besides pray, that's the first thing. We always need to pray. But uh, uh, be concerned. As our theme is this, or you can make a difference. Any gift, any donation, uh, whether it's financial, uh, whether it's food, whether it's volunteering, every gift helps. And we need, and we need all three. Just don't think this is. Don't think your gift is insignificant, even if it's five dollars. Even if you drop by some canned goods you have in the, in the cupboard, or you come down and volunteer for a couple hours to help us uh, load food up, unload food, pick it up. Every minute, every effort, effort you give is valuable and is really appreciated. And you said that this year's theme is you can make a difference. Yeah, you can make a difference. Yes. How'd you come up with that? I didn't come up with it. Uh, one of our, our board members came up with that, a, a lady who has a big heart and just labors very, very hard, uh, Collard Green. She came up with it, and, and I thought that was great. We've, it is. Last year it was, it's not a basket, it's hope. This year, people don't realize that even what little they have, they can make a difference. Everybody can make a difference. We can make a difference in each other's life by just smiling at somebody or waving at somebody or being kind and driving on the interstate. <laughs> Which is a challenge. Okay, I was going to say, now you're asking too much. (laughs) (laughs) That is a stretch sometimes, isn't it? Yes, yes. Now, on a serious note, um, according to the the research that that I was sent, one out of 11 Coloradans are dealing with issues of hunger. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? That's a lot. That's a lot. And it, it may not be they don't have food, but they have to choose with their, with their finances. Do I pay for my medicine? Do I get a bus pass? Do I get kids' clothes? Uh, the elderly are struggling, single parents. Even well, people who have two working adults are struggling, and they have to really, really budget hard. And so I would say it's a probably an accurate figure. One out of 11 have some kind of hunger issue. Um, there's a, a deadline in place of November 5. What's that a deadline for? Well, that's for signing up for the baskets. We, we want to know that we have uh, – we don't want to do, be like the, uh, the airlines and overbook. In other words, pe- more people sign up than we've had baskets for. That's, that's not good. But we want to be able to ensure that everybody who signed up gets a basket. Also, we're trying to get all our donations in as early as possible so we know that we can – Purchase it. None of the none of the food is donated. We have to purchase it all. Now we have merchants that give us discounts, but we have to buy approximately three hundred thousand pounds of food. Now, one of our partners, uh, Arden Mills, is donating five thousand five pound bags of flour, which is twenty five thousand 
and Arden Mills has been a good partner with us. They've been with us for several years. Well, they're donating that, but 90% of the food we have to purchase. How does a person sign up to receive a basket? What you go to is you go to denverfeedafamily.org, and then it puts you to the Epworth Foundation Thanksgiving, and you click on that, and it'll have three spots. It'll have donate, volunteer, and nominate. And nominate is where you nominate your family. It's a little uh, easy link. You just fill out the information and hit submit, and uh, that's all you do. And for the same thing for donate and for volunteer, if you'd like to volunteer, it has information. Just click on the three links. So once again, uh, to sign up to to be a family that receives a basket, Mm -hmm. the deadline is November the 5th, and they need to go to denverfeedafamily.org. That's denverfeedafamily.org. Correct. But to volunteer and donate. You can keep doing it every day. And, and, And a basket runs about $25 to $30 a basket. And we, depending on the prices, and we're still working on that. We try to keep it as economical, but we say between 25 and $30 a basket. So you can donate a basket, two baskets, four baskets, whatever. Just, I've, I put it like this. If a, if a thousand people buy four baskets, then we are, we're pretty close to making our budget. And that's easy, isn't it? Actually, yeah. I mean, it, you make it sound easy. <laughs> you make everything sound possible. You're, you're really pretty well, inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible. You just have to realize I, I can make a difference. Now, here's the good stuff. Now, the, the origins of your organization date back to the 60s to a gentleman by the name of Bruce Randolph. That's correct, yes. Daddy Bruce was a legend in his own time. The Lord says you have to give to receive. He brought a lot to our community. He brought hope to these people down here. Daddy Bruce started feeding the hungry and the poor. And I thought to myself, you know, I mean, who's going to be giving food away? He said, no, man. I mean, the whole community is out there. This man is feeding the whole community. From his meager beginnings with very little or nothing, he was able to share some of the blessings that he had. He fed thousands upon thousands upon thousands. He said Christ fed 5,000 people and he wanted to feed 5,000. And he brought hope and he started helping us and showing us there is another side and there is a blessing that's coming to you. When you get to heaven, there might be a new street, a new name, Daddy Bruce Boulevard. Tell me a little bit about Daddy Bruce. Daddy Bruce Randolph had a barbecue restaurant uh, on then 34th and about, uh, I think it's Gilpin. No, yeah, Franklin Street. And... Uh, he just loved people. He's, his license plate said, God loves you, and so do I. And he began feeding all the people in the community who come through his barbecue restaurant. He, he donated uh, all the food, all the fixings, and it grew uh, every year. And it kept getting bigger and bigger, and more people got involved. And so and I believe he passed away in 1994, but we're carrying on his legacy. Uh, we started with a few thousand baskets, and it's grown and grown and grown and grown. Last year we did 6,500, but the, fu- the funding's not there. The prices are going up, so we're down to 5,000 this year. But it's still always going to be in his honor and his legacy because he's the one who laid the foundation. He was the one that showed us, you know, we c- I can care. And he dug into his own pocket, his own resources, and fed the whole community. And then we're, we're talking about three, four, five hundred 500 people sitting around having a great Thanksgiving dinner. So an example of one person who made a difference. Yes. A lasting decades worth of difference. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So big ups to Daddy Bruce Randolph. Yes. Why should people donate? 
because we care. I've always there's there's a parable about uh, the Good Samaritan, and, and the question was always asked. You know, Jesus said, "Who's my neighbor?" And really, I want to know it's not who's your neighbor. What kind of a neighbor are you? That's what that's what it's all about. We want to make sure that the person next door to us is not hungry. That we have fences between our yards. We have security gates and we don't know and people move away sometimes and you don't know they're gone for six months and that's not good we get we need to, instead of being isolated and dividing we need to come together as one i, I look for the fact, fact when denver feed family doesn't have to do it because everybody's taking care of their neighbor and made sure that the people next door or their family everybody is fed that's my goal to make sure that i'm, I'm what kind of a neighbor am i on the website, there's contact information and phone numbers and emails. If you have any questions, just you can email us at infoepworth.org, but it's on there. You can just click on. There's a phone number you can call. Uh, we're trying to get as many people we can to monitor the phones because they're just ringing, ringing, ringing. It's seven days a week, 20, almost 24 hours a day, I believe. If I'm there, I but when I walk, when I pull up, the phones are ringing. When I drive away, the phones are ringing. And we're doing, just be patient. We're doing the best we can. Because everybody here is a volunteer. Nobody gets paid to do this at all. We, everything donated goes. There is some logistics, but 98% of it goes all to the food and to the people. Perfect. Thank you so much, Reverend Jeff, for joining us today. And, and we wish you the best on your donation drive. Oh, It's going to come to God always has come through with us every single year. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh.
Thank you so much to Pastor Jeff for joining us on the show and is sharing information about his organization because it gave me a chance to research Daddy Bruce Randolph, an amazing man who took time out of his life to give back to so many people. Usually when we end our show, I, I do a, you know, Richard is a producer, I'm your host, yada, yada. But considering the, the climate that we're living in now and, and how much we need each other, but don't really acknowledge it, I decided to end on a, a really special note that, that I dug out from the archives. This is Daddy Bruce Randolph, and he's delivering the I Have a Dream speech. Incredibly moving and incredibly needed now. So, Richard Robertson is the show producer. I'm your host, Maria Oliver, and this is Daddy Bruce Randolph with I Have a Dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by their, the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with its vicious races, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day, right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to hold, join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jingling discords <clears throat> of this nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, <clears throat> to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day this will be the day 
This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, Lord, where my father died, land of my of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom reign, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become truth. And so let freedom reign from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom reign from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom reign from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom reign from the snow-capped mountains of Rocky, uh, Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom reign from the curvaceous slopes of California. But on, not only that, let freedom reign from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom reign from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom reign from every hill, mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom reign. And when this happens and when we allow freedom reign, when we let it reign from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the Negro old spiritual, free at last, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. <laughs> Praise God. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.